Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, then, howdy, howdy, howdy. Harry Alexander with you on uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. And our other compadre in crime is Bunker de France. Howdy. Howdy, doodly, doo. Uh, how, 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 how be you? How be you? Uh, I'd be, I be fine. I'd be fine. Todd Roberts was going to join us, but he's in with the big guy, so... Uh, Oh, well, clarify that, Harry, because some people thinking what he says with the big guy might have just crossed the great divide. No, no, he's... But he's still with us. He's, no, no, he's not with that big guy. He's not with us, but he's still here. Yeah, yeah. But he's not here. He's he's not with that big guy. Yeah, he's with with the big guy. He's the money big guy. The money man. (laughs) Is he our money man, too? I don't know. Maybe someday. (laughs) You never know. He might become a sponsor. Anyway, it is uh, the last Saturday of the month, and that means Movie Saturday. And generally, we are uh, out at uh, the White Stallion Ranch for the the program, but uh, because of all of the... Uh, recent uh, foolishness foolishness going on um we've decided to uh kick back and just come to the studio instead yep. and Here do the are. program that way Round we we, we are we are 6 feet apart from one another no we're not wait a minute and there's no X's here. A third here. of that, maybe. Yeah, there's no X's here, so I can't. Hey, we, we still shake hands. That's right. But, you know, I guess I guess <clears throat> we're goners. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are hoping that. <laughs> Especially the ones that are listening yeah. right now. Like, anyway, what we've got on, on tap is uh, just a bunch of movie nuggets. Uh, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of uh, whatever else uh, happens to uh, strike our particular fancies here. Yeah, and, and I might so, explain, too, that we're, we're not doing our typical nuggets. Which is just, you know, kind of off the top of our head, talking about little snippets of information, but more like a magazine format this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, Voices of the West magazine of the year. Yeah, kind of. Uh, we, we, pretty we much. Kind of like talk a little extensively well, on. We, we have a couple of movies picked out that we want to talk about. And uh, a surprise movie that uh, I want to talk about because I just watched yeah, it last start, night. Let's start with your movie, Harry, because I haven't seen it. But, okay. Uh, just from your your well, description. Well, at, uh, at, as you know, Bunker, and many of our I listeners do, do know, um, I am not one that who will um, willingly watch a Western that has been produced in the past 10 years. Or the last half century. Yeah. <laughs> like me be you know, it good like yeah see be it good bad or indifferent that that's just kind of how it is yeah. um but last night uh we had this movie on our netflix um watch list and decided to watch it and i thought it was pretty doggone good it's uh called bad land it's uh released in 2019 and it stars let me get the information yeah. here it stars kevin makeley uh, Myra Sorvino, like Bruce Dern, like Wes Studi, Trace Adkins, Jeff Fahey, good, good. Tony Todd, James Russo, Amanda Wiss, Ryan Kelly, Todd A. Robinson, um, Aiden Bristow, Reggie Watkins, Anita Lehman Torres, and Omid Zadir. You know what's weird? <coughs> Is I actually recognize some of those names, and I am not, I, I, I just don't watch. You know, my my preference is silence or just learning to talk yeah. the 30s yeah. Yeah. and into the 40s, 50s. And as we get more closer to modern time, uh, you know, I'm harder to please. Well, the, the synopsis... The but quick, that doesn't mean there's not good that's movies right. made. Yeah, the, the quick synopsis of this, um, uh, Makeley plays uh, Detective Matthias Breacher. He's hired to track down the worst of the Confederate war criminals. And as he roams the Old West seeking justice... His resolve is tested when he meets a determined pioneer woman who is far more than she seems. That's, yeah, that that's a good synopsis, but there's a buttload more uh, you know, to it than that. Synopsis is, uh, all they're good for is wetting your interest, because right. so often 
Well, they're they're just part of the truth, and they're even misleading. Sometimes. Well, it's like reading the back of the book cover. Yeah, that's cheating. It's cheating. And um, this movie was so much more than that. First off, I had never seen Kevin Makeley. Um I admit it; I don't watch new stuff. I just don't because there just isn't new stuff out there that well, excites me. Let me ask you this, because I don't I don't watch new stuff primarily because. I'm I'm over the air television. That's mm-hmm. antenna. Mm-hmm. I don't get Netflix or mm-hmm. or any of the cable or satellite stuff, and I but I do do a lot of reading about them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I go to Boyd Majors Western Clippings. True West has a good mm-hmm. good monthly column about mm-hmm. what's happening in westerns, mm-hmm. and so I'm familiar. And like you mentioned, Trace Edkins, he's kind of the busiest guy today making westerns and that voice oh yeah. my god and i mean i don't think he's the sam elliott but by he's god awful, he's, he's making westerns and he's getting better at it yeah uh, uh he trace plays uh, the first character uh, first off the way the movie is uh, is segmented it's set into four chapters and basically um breacher is hired by um this I, it doesn't say, but I believe uh, in the in the plot. I, I think this is how it went. Subtext. The subtext, yeah. A newly elected black senator, and so uh, I would have to be from the south. From the south, and yeah. so the senator is seeking. We'll say justice. Retribution. We'll say justice. I'll say retribution. You say retribution. I'll <laughs> say justice for uh, war crimes. Okay. And so Breacher is... That, which is a modern concept, which didn't happen back yeah. then. And, and Breacher's a Pinkerton detective, and he's hired uh, by the senator to go find these three guys. Uh, General uh, uh, Danbridge is the, is the first one, and he's played by Trace Adkins. And it, it starts out... I mean, the scenery is great. It's filmed mm-hmm. in California, but the scenery is just really, really great. And he rides up to uh, uh, where... Atkins and his crew are are doing their thing, and it's I, I I'm not I don't think it's a slaughterhouse that they're at, but um, and they're not sheep farmers, but they've got bunches of hides and stuff like that in there. In Tannery, there. maybe, 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 and uh, Ad, and so they have a long drawn out conversation, and and well, eventually, uh, uh, Makeley takes care of uh, all of them yeah, a little shoot em up well uh, quite a bit of shoot em up That's he good. he carries he carries a uh, uh, his 45 on a hip and he carries a 45 under his arm or on his chest uh just out of because i haven't seen it is are the guns wardrobe whatnot pretty period accurate or are very they- very, yeah, very period active. See, that's one of the plus I will give to a lot of the I will call the uh, semi-contemporary, meaning shot within the last ten, twenty years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the work that they go to make them least look a little more accurate than some of the some of the classics that we love, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but that's neither here nor there because we love them because of the content, yeah. not because of the accuracy. Right, right. Um, and, and I mean, Trace Adkins really made that part. He he, he was just a plain old badass. Yeah, that's what I like. He's like <laughs> I, I can remember him back. You know, when he, he was starting with the the Willie Nelson mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. and Trace was just another country singer that wanted to do movies, mm-hmm. and. He kind of came across. He looked that way too because he didn't look. The hair was long and yeah. stringy. Yeah, uh, which, it still is. Which it is. still probably is. But uh, and that's one. See, that's one of the problems I do have with the contemporaries is that too often, while the wardrobe and the props and the sets of towns look pretty good, too often the people look like. 20 something 2020 2019 they look they don't look they don't have that worn yeah yeah character look that you have living in that period well and and the way this movie was written um the dialogue impressed me and not that easy to impress i don't think uh it 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 reminded me so much of deadwood Mm -hmm. the way the way lines were delivered um, the use of the language, mm-hmm. there were no contractions being used. It was not perfect English, but 
good English. The English of the day. Yeah, the Victorian yeah. English. Yeah, yeah. And you know, people for, keep forgetting that Westerns really are Victorian dramas out West. Well, the Virginian is a classic example. Exactly. I mean, uh, nobody was yelling at anybody else. It was very, very firm mm-hmm. uh, in, in what was said. And then the then they slapped well, leather and, and there you went. Well, you know, that's, again, you, you get back to, and it's storytelling. And to tell your story, you, you sometimes will take a particular slant. But when you, you get right down to it and you think about it, Back in those days, if some guy got in somebody's face and started yelling, there's some form, probably some form of violence is going to follow. Sure. Because yeah. they wouldn't put up with it. No. You know, because one, it would make you look like a coward. Yep. And the other is because a lot of times you just had a, you had something to prove to yourself. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously. And, and the the second chapter uh, goes after um, uh, Bruce Dern, uh, Bruce oh, uh, Dern's character. He, what a gold mine. He, oh. The guy's, he's older than Methuselah now, and he, and he still looked, cranks him up. And he looks like Methuselah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, in uh, the, um, <coughs> the the Tarantino, uh, Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood, yeah. playing Old Man Spawn. I mean. You didn't recognize God, him. God, you know, I, I don't think they put any yeah. makeup on him. I, know, I think that was just him. Well, in, in, in this case... Um, uh, he, he's a, a captain, and we, we don't. Uh, he was a captain in, in the Confederacy. We don't know specifically what the war crimes were. We can kind of assume that obviously they were uh, not good kinds of, and there is no well, ever know, good crime. But um, here's the interesting speculation here again. You know how you know how my little yeah. goofy brain thinks is. Was it real war crimes, or what is, was it perceived war crimes? by the black senator? That, that's a good question. And probably, I would probably say that they were, in fact, war crimes. Yeah. Because each of the characters admitted to doing atrocities and things that they should not do but did and realized that someday they're going to get caught at it. Well, let, let's, let's play devil's advocate here for a second then. Let's look at Quantrell during mm-hmm. the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, by many, many, many accounts, he was a bloody sob that mm-hmm. was, you know, literally a monster from hell. Mm-hmm. To others, he was an avenging angel mm-hmm. to the south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, and it's perceptions, and I and I I know especially if you live if you lived in a town that he burned down. Yeah. Yeah, I think your perception would be pretty totally pretty accurate, but not totally necessarily different. what somebody else would have. Agreed. Yeah, um, uh, Dern's character is confined to bed, and he is uh, he's, he's, he's getting typecast. He's yeah, <laughs> he's been diagnosed with pneumonia, uh-huh. and which was fatal back then. Which was indeed, and and Breacher has this uh, uh, this warrant to take. Uh, Dern back and mm-hmm. face justice, right? And actually, he's to be hung, is what it is. Well, they've uh, already tried and hung he, him yeah, in, yeah. in absentia. He, in, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Breacher's uh, uh, job is to ensure that the uh, carcass gets back. Uh, he, well, not that the carcass gets back, but to ensure that the um, uh, justice will, will of the court, as it were, is taken care of. Mm hmm. And they have a very interesting, Dern and, and uh, Makeley have a very interesting conversation about that in, in that Makeley, a breacher, uh, he's, he suddenly decides as they're talking that maybe he's not going to ensure that Dern's character is going to die by the rope mm-hmm. because he's already suffering. And so... Dern comes back and says, so your job then is, and I'm paraphrasing, your job then is to make sure that the person you're after sees their last breath. You see their last breath. Yeah. That is a burden to carry. And that, yeah. That is a good, that is a good, yeah. Boy, oh boy. And and for the first time ever watching Bruce Dern, I felt sorry for the <laughs> Which is odd. Yeah, instead of you, you, I, you know, it's so funny. You know, Ron Martin, uh, 
you know, he's always hated Bruce Dern because of the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And he got to meet him. And he says that he says that was one of the most awkward moments in his life because you know he's a nice guy. Yeah. But yeah. you know, but you know, you want he wanted to hate him, but he couldn't. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, yes. this is I'm on, I'm on a, I'm going to uh, divert from what we were talking about here for a second. I talked to Sherrod a couple of days, mm-hmm. two days ago, and I just want to give a shout out to her and say howdy. Howdy. Glad that she's still with us and yeah. listening. And, yeah. and uh, let's get back to Brewster. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I uh, went and did a review on this movie on... Um, Chapter three on uh, where am I here on Badland and on the IMD IMDb website. Uh, oh, I want to point out that is not the Badlands with uh, Martin Sheen and, no. and Sissy Spacek no. back in the sixties or seventies, whenever that was, yeah. which is a classic in its own. Now here's one reviewer who says worst western I've ever seen. Saw the worst copy of this hateful eight and, and couldn't complete it. I don't even know. That's not even the same movie. Um, <laughs> Where's that great band from? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, my 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 response was a very good contemporary western, and, and Bunker and I have been going back and forth on what is contemporary, and the only thing I can say is it wasn't something that was filmed in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that. You know it. it, it that's one of the things about Western movies that a lot of people, because a lot of people don't give a lot of deep thought to it. They just watch them and enjoy them. But Western movies have always been, in a sense, a time capsule yeah. in that they do reflect what's happening in society at that time. You, know, you see that especially uh with the beginning of the singing cowboy movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Roy and Gene mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because all of a sudden contemporary, you know, all, you know, right in the middle of a, a traditional Western with singing, mm-hmm. would along come would come a flatbed mm-hmm. truck with oil drums on yeah, the back, yeah, yeah. and but it, they, they, the stories would reflect what was happening government wise or political or the moments you know there was even a period there in the 40s when you know nazi spies were showing up out west oh yeah so yeah. you know and and then the, and and the, co- the russian cossacks yeah yeah and, you know and that you you look at the more modern you know modern westerns like say ballad of of uh, buster scruggs which is a which is a, cl- a classic in its own time uh there's, you still see modernity. See, I think that's one of my. It's always been my, and you you kind of hit on it, the modernity mm-hmm. of not necessarily the sets, the props, uh, the dialogue, but the modernity of the actors. There's something somehow or another they don't give you the feeling that they're back in that time period. They they, they it's like they time traveled. The character time traveled into that outfit. But there's, you know, you expect a, you know, you kind of expect a Wizard of Oz moment there. I still, despite the many negative reviews this movie received on IMDb, um, there are some positive ones there, and I still think that this was a really, really good movie. Um, one reviewer says uh, that um, it they tried too hard, many flaws in the storyline. Yeah, I suppose that that's a possibility. I mean. I don't know for certain if if uh, this this story could have happened. Yeah. I imagine it might have. Well, you know that, that's you know. Remember, I remember the story that you like you like to tell, and and Emil uh, would tell about. Uh, he was was had a guest on this show. I think it was Michael Blake. I don't yes, remember. it was. Yeah, and and Emil was you know as he could do sometimes, kind of going off on the fact that mm-hmm. hey, you know the guns aren't right, you know the clothes are wrong. Mm-hmm. That guy was terrible. And Michael just you know as as, as in his calm way said, well, you know, uh, Emil, it's just entertainment. That's right. And it changed because Emil was a brilliant man. Yes. And. He got it. He understood. And that's the thing today. So many of these reviewers are looking at it, uh, trying to be Bosley Crosby or whatever that (laughs) turkey back east. It was so back. But they're trying to be so 
erudite, so yeah. intelligent and, right. and all-knowing, psychoanalyzing the, mm-hmm. the story, that they lose sight of the fact that when you sit there in the seat, whether it's in a theater or in your living room in the in the Lazy Boy, you're sitting there. You're supposed to be looking at it. Supposed to be looking at it. As somebody being there for entertainment, the job of being the critic comes after the movie is mm-hmm. over and you look at it with a different set of mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. then. But you've got to walk away from that first viewing uh, going, did it entertain me? Yes, this entertained me, but it also, uh, and you know, we've talked about our particular love of philosophy, and there were many philosophical issues mm-hmm. brought up here, like, you know, the burden of watching, making sure that that man is dead. Yeah. I mean, that's a heavy, doggone burden. Yeah, it is. You think and, about it. You know, and, and that's what I took away from this movie. And that, you know, God, that guy must really have suffered to have to watch that, and it's in. In, uh, it's burned into his mind forever. And think, now think about this, how often that very theme has played out in the movies from the silence on up to today, right, right. especially in episodic television. Yeah. Uh, there was a gun smoke on yesterday, uh, Monello or something like that, about a bunch of Basque, which I thought was yes, great yes. to see a Western with Basque yes. in it, with Basque customs. Uh, but the oldest son, because of a violent act in his youth, he wasn't a coward. He was actually one of the bravest ones there. He just wouldn't fight mm-hmm. because he was so afraid of himself mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. he might mm-hmm. do and couldn't mm-hmm. do. And that's that, that very thing is that, you know, when, it's like somebody, you know, and it's again, it's one of the things there's a family's massacred and somebody witnesses it and they're either traumatized to the point that they can't do anything or they're traumatized to the point that they become an avenging angel right right well anyway this, that is bad land it's on netflix i imagine you can find it elsewhere too i i i recommend the movie i think it was very good and i think you should uh, you as an audience should uh, go seek a copy and watch it that's well, you what know, i think <laughs> and not only that, but in fairness, you should give it a chance. And if you don't like it, you can yeah, turn it okay. off. Yeah. Because Neil Summers used to have a saying. Because we'd, we'd, we'd watch a lot of stuff together. And we'd watch something, and sometimes it wouldn't be that good. And we, But his response was, well, we burned off another one. Yeah. And that's what exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, because that's what we do. We compare. Right. We look, you know, we, we rave about one, we rant about another. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is about having fun and enjoying Exactly. It. Well, anyway, Badland, uh, available on Netflix, released 2019. Highly recommend it. Go find it and go watch it. We've got to take our first break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We'll be back with much more right after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. 
The Tucson Trappet Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Out in Oklahoma, the pride of the West, there's a Western man that kicks a boogie beat best. From the very minute that you check your hat, the rhythm starts to rock until it knocks you flat. And that would be Leon McAuliffe of uh, Bob Wills. You know, I just listened, I was just thinking, you never see a steel guitar player out there on the wagon train. No, you don't, but you do see, you do hear, you do hear the slide guitar, because all they're doing is taking the box and putting it on, the body on them, and then then using the... uh, Well, you know, there's a difference between the slide guitar and the steel. Yes, I know that. Big difference. I know that. Uh, And I love the sound of the slide. Yeah. The steel, obviously, you can change keys with it uh, and, and you can make it talk almost you can, yep. now, was that who's that one guy I, I can't remember he was back in the in the 50s 60s that played steel and he would do the wah wah and the baby crying and all that oh uh, that that would be uh, uh, Dreyfus's uh, uh, relative Hal um, oh yeah yeah used to, Joe used to name. brag about him yeah yeah, yeah. His uh, yeah. his st- uh, stepbrother, I can't remember. His uncle, stepfather, yeah. something like his yeah. dad's brother or cousin. No, he They he was nephew. raised with them. Yeah, uh, Hal was uh, and Rudd, Hal Rudd, and, uh, anyway. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, so uh, we're back on Voices of the West, and uh, it's Movie Saturday, and we're talking about a variety of uh, movie nuggets. We're panning for nuggets here, and yeah. one that uh, came up is, uh, unfortunately, we lost Kenny Rogers. Yes, we did. And this is our next uh, chapter in the yep. uh, magazine today. Uh, a lot of the early stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll refer back to you because you're more the music historian, <laughs> but I, wanna, I do want to start with... The fact that in 1978, he won a Grammy for Best Country Song, and this particular uh, was was platinum, and it was on the charts for over 25 weeks, and it was so, so popular that they actually made a TV movie out of it, and it was called The Gambler. Imagine that. You gotta know when to hold them, and you gotta you know, know when, when to fold them, them yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was he was with the fifth edition and some other things. If you want to jump in and tell some of his oh, earlier, no, you're you're going fine there. It, Kenny Rogers started out uh, in, basically in the top forty world, the rock and roll world, uh, with uh, just dropped in to see what condition by condition was in, which was also used in the uh, in the uh, the Big Lebowski movie mm-hmm. when uh, uh, Lebowski is. Uh, well, kind of bowling, <laughs> <laughs> kind of stoned. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was used in there. Um, he, uh, he he did a num- He had a couple of hits. 
Um, you know, but then he moved over to the countryside, and I think that's where he always wanted to be was on yeah. the countryside. Lots of rock and rollers started out yeah. in rock and roll or countries. Let me back up. Lots of country people started out in rock and roll and then moved over to country. Because that's where the work was. That's where the work was. That's where the most uh, musicians, uh, you could yeah. always find studio musicians, um, yeah. f- and so forth and so forth. Well, I'm going to hit a couple of highs points and then get into the, into some of the meat. But uh, just to give you an idea, uh, he wasn't just, you know, a singer He and or just a movie guy. He was a guest on Barbara Mandel and the Mandrell Sisters, which was a musical comedy show, and uh, that was inter- it was an interesting thing because that show, the Mandrell Sisters, they did they did sketch, but it was kind of like a precursor to Hee Haw, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. He was on the first telecast of Hot Country Nights. And that was in 91. It was a musical variety show, which was where he was doing a lot of his, you know, when he wasn't doing music, he was doing guest shots mm-hmm. on the various various mm-hmm. variety mm-hmm. shows. Now, one of the things I thought was kind of neat, I mentioned to you, he did a, 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 a music video, which that was popular back then. And he did one of the music videos was called Planet Texas. Mm-hmm. And I I saw a picture from it of Dave Cass, who he's Tucson boy, who really did good for himself. He moved he moved up through the business, worked out at Old Tucson, was kind of running the gunfight shows. Uh, John Wayne gave him a little part in McClintock, mm-hmm. and then Dave went off to to Vietnam place you're real familiar with, which mentioning tomorrow is National Vietnam Veterans Day. About damn time. Yeah, and so everybody say say thank you to a, a Vietnam veteran tomorrow if you if you know one's there. Yep. Uh, anyhow, uh, I saw I come across this still of Dave holding a horse from Planet Video, and Dave's in, you know, traditional cowboy gear. Here's the old horse. He's got rocket packs on his (laughs) flanks. He's got all kinds of electronic stuff hanging off of him. And I can't figure out whether he's a time-traveling horse or a space-traveling horse. like steampunk, huh? Yeah, very much so. (laughs) But, yeah, that was it. Now, moving on up to uh, The Gambler, which was 1980. Uh, It was done by uh, CBS TV. And directed by Dick Lowry, who directed the majority of the mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers stuff, mm-hmm. based on a song. Uh, Kenny Rogers played this gambler named Brady Hawks, and he was looking for this son that he never never knew that he had. It's a theme that is quite often, uh, yes, or a daughter, or looking for a father that you didn't know you had. It's an old theme mm-hmm. that was shot. Actually, a part of it was shot here in Tucson, old Tucson. And Bruce Boxleitner was in it, playing the the son, uh, Harold Gold, Clue Gilliger, who's always been a favorite of mine and done a lot of stuff, Lance Legault, who is an overlooked heavy in a, a lot of the stuff. He also did, he did a ton of magnums, but mm-hmm. was a very good heavy. Lee Purcell, Noble Willingham, who uh, crossed over from good guys to bad guys all the time. <laughs> then. The next year, he did Coward of the Country, which was another hit County. song of his. County. Coward of the County, excuse me. That's why you're the music expert. That's, and, that's why and I just I just <laughs> stagger around. Uh, with that one, again, it was Kenny, uh, Frederick Lenny, uh, Lawrence Woodworth, Maurice Costello, Allison, and Noble Willingham again. See, Noble got two jobs in two years. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, moving on up to 83, along comes Kenny Rogers as the Gambler, part two. Uh, the adventure continues. That was in 83. Dick Lowry again. Let's see who else have we got in there. Books Lightner, Box Lightner still with us. Linda Evans has come on board. Harold Gould is still with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Hedison, who was played a lot of great heavy, and he was kind of heavy. And he was also the uh, the captain on um, the Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. He was the commander of the submarine. And before he became David Hedison, I can't remember what name he used. But he was in The Fly. Yeah, 
me. Yes. Help yes. Me. I love that. But that is such a cheesy. Al movie. Al Al Hedison, I think, is uh, the name he used. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, Cool Gilder was in it. Uh, young Johnny Crawford was in it, and our favorite Uncle Buck Cameron Mitchell. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, you know, I I remember Cam in that. He was he was really good. And then you know, moving on up to eighty. What was it, 87? Guess what? Another gambler. Yeah, Kenny Rogers is the gambler. Part three, the legend continues. Must have again. Been, must have been needing some chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that was CBS. Again, Dick Lowry. Uh, again, Mr. Boxleitner was there. Linda Gray was there. We we changed the last names mm -hmm. on the Lindas, but mm -hmm. they were still there. Melanie Chartoff, uh, Matt Clark. I worked with Matt on a lot of stuff. Nice guy. Great character actor. He was, you know, he always played. He was kind of an Elisha Cook type, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. very, but very good. Uh, George Kennedy, one of his uh, earlier things, and you know, no, actually, wasn't that early. Uh, Dean Stockwell, always great. Charles Durning, who wow, great cast, uh, yeah, awesome cast. Jennifer Jones, oh Jeffrey Jones, excuse me, uh, and George American Horse. Fine Indian actor who, unfortunately, our Indian actors don't get enough work or enough recognition for the work they do do. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and uh, George was a good actor. Then, about ninety two, Kenny comes along, and he does a narration on a documentary, The uh, Real West, and they did several of those with different hosts, and he did a great job. That's, that's, was he Kenny Rogers personal? How could you not like that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and that's why they did so many gamblers. Yeah, and then the last gambler, the, gam the gambler returns luck of the draw, and again, let's see who have we got here. Reba McIntyre. Now, that is the queen of the modern western. She mm -hmm. she oh, she did the Annie Oakley part in mm -hmm. with uh, uh, the uh, Angelica Houston thing. Mm -hmm. She did a Great Annie Oakley. I mean, yeah. She's a very good actress. She is. She had her own series. Yes. I don't like comedies. I don't watch comedies. Yeah, but that and comedy, I would that watch was good. that one. That I would good. watch that one. And she was she was in um, Tremors, I think it was. Yeah, uh, and uh, with Kevin Bacon, and yeah. she she's the wife of this guy who is like a prepper. Yeah. And, and I mean, she 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 certainly knows her guns. <laughs> well, you know that's you know I'm glad you mentioned Tremors because it's a you know it's a modern western it really is even yeah, though it it's is. a sci-fi yeah. with giant worms eating whole towns. Uh, wow, it was a fun. I watched it several times, and I watched it. You know, they, I think they did two sequels. Yeah, and I yeah, watched that. Yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed them. So 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 Sherrod posts on our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash Voices of the West. Johnny Crawford just had a birthday, turned 74. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not in good health. He's, That's too bad. It's sad because he's... What else you got there? We got Well, okay, we're running out of time. Yeah. Let's see, we'll speed this up a little bit. Let's see. Reba McIntyre. Oh, Chuck Connors was in it. He was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. I love Chuck Connors when he's a bad guy. I know. he's. It, it's When you... When you see him as a bad guy for the first time, you think, now, wait a minute, that's the Rifleman, for yeah. God's sake. Uh, he was in the very first uh, Tales of Wells Fargo uh -huh. and uh, plays the bad guy and uh, tries to shoot Hardy off of the telegraph pole. As well he should. Yeah, well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and look at him in the big country. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, who else? Oh, Linda Evans is back. Uh, Patrick McNee, you know. From the Avengers. The Avengers, there. yes. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, good trip. Uh, James Drury showed up. This is what's neat is all of the cameos in this one. Mickey Rooney. Wow. Uh, Jesse Burns. Clint Walker. You know, anything with Clint Walker I'll watch. Mm -hmm. Claude Akins, the same way. I, I love Claude. Gene Berry, back as Bat Masterson. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug McClure. Hugh O'Brien, back as your favorite. <laughs> Who is your favorite? Mo Wyatt Earp. <laughs> Actually, I'm just I'm I'm watching Wyatt's just waiting to get to my man, Yo, Shotgun yeah. Gibbs. There you go. <laughs> uh, Brian Keith, uh, Park Overall, 
Jack Kelly from the Mavericks, mm-hmm. David Carradine from Funku, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Johnny Crawford again, and uh, Mary Ann Rogers. And that was that, that was a little bit different than the other gamblers in that it was a two-part one, mm-hmm. so it was long. And there's a side story. This is one the stunt guys working on that. Because it was a two-parter, you're supposed to get paid uh, because it's like two two separate, two separate yeah. Well, when the residuals started coming, they were only getting checks for one. Mm. And they went down to the Screen Actors Guild, and the Screen Actors Guild said, well, gee, we can't do nothing about it. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the producers. So the, the stunt guy said, okay, that's fine. We'll just sue. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. Anytime you say to the Screen Actors Guild, "Well, we'll just we'll just sue the producers of the, you know, not not the producers guild, but the producers of mm-hmm. the movie or mm-hmm. the thing," they said, "Well, wait a minute. We'll get your money," <laughs> and they would. And I'll finish up Kenny Rogers with Real Diablo, nineteen ninety three. Uh, music was by Larry Brown. It had a different director, uh, Rod Hardy. But who else was in this year? Travis Tritt was in it. Wow. Yeah, how about that? Mm-hmm. Showed up. Uh, Laura Ellen Herring, Naomi Judd, good, great, lovely singer, Stacy Keach, Bad Bob, mm-hmm. Byron James, another great history, mostly contemporary hist- uh, bad guys, myself, and Bruce Greenwood. And that pretty much uh, wipes out Kenny Rogers for my portion. All right. We're gonna miss him. R.I.P. Mr. Rogers. I wish to make another to make a post gambler. Indeed, we're uh, you're in tune with Emil Franzi's Voices of the West uh, for Movie Saturday, the last Saturday of March. Bunker de France and Harry Alexander will be back with much more right after these very important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Man, this is frustrating. It's taken me like five minutes just to load my homepage. Did you try Control-Alt-Delete? Uh-huh. Did you jiggle the cord? Uh-huh. Did you turn it on and off again? Uh-huh. Call Arizona Computer Guru. Don't let viruses get you down. With our Guru Protection Service, we'll keep you virus-free. In fact, if you were to get a virus, we would fix it for free. Speak to a technician right now at 304-8300 or at azcomputerguru.com. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. 
furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movies Out podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movies Out podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. And have a From the Cutting Room Floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movies Out podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movies Out. Until then... And that's a wrap. Look, Mr. Allen, mortgage of my rent's both due in a few weeks. Nah, don't you worry about that. You've had plenty of trouble losing your dad and all. I'll just extend time of payment until after I get back. I don't know how to thank you. Don't even try, my boy. Just keep up your courage and run the ranch right. Yes, sir. I'm counting on a friend of mine to help me out, Eddie Dean, and he's due here pretty soon. Eddie Dean? Well, I've heard of him. You're lucky to have him for a friend. Yes, I am. I think we're all lucky to have Eddie Dean as a friend at some point in time or other. You know, I was just going to say, I'm lucky to have you for a friend, Harry. (laughs) Anywho. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, uh, Saturday, the last Saturday of the month. This is the 28th of March, and uh, this is Movie Saturday. Normally, we're out at the um, uh, White Stallion Ranch, but uh, because of all the silliness going on, we've... uh, Decided to stick it out here in the studio and uh, do our thing here. Well, you know, I, I heard the reason we couldn't go out there is because one of the horses had a cough. Oh, okay. That yeah. sounds that sounds appropriate. Yeah. The next movie we want to talk about here on Movie Saturday, let me preface this here. Yeah, preface it. I, I have an account with IMDB, whatever that, for whatever that means. Doesn't and I know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I keep a list of movies that we watch, uh, regular movies, um, serials, uh, noir, sci-fi, and westerns. And What's your favorite serial? Hmm. Boy, that's a hard-pressed question there. Well, mine is Great Nuts. Oh, that cereal you're talking about. Oh, any kind of cereal. I don't care. Jeez Louise. Uh, uh, no, I... Uh, Jesse James? You know, uh, I'm watching that one now with uh, know, that's why I mentioned with it. Clayton Moore and uh, Frank. Uh, and Roy we're going Barcroft. to be doing him coming up, you know, yeah. probably next month or right that, there that, about. That, that one is that one's pretty good, but uh, that Radar Men from the Moon. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, uh, Phantom Empire. The Phantom Empire. You uh, can't go wrong Gordon with that. Gordon Ghost City. I, I, let me put it to you this way: the best serial comes from Republic Pictures, mm-hmm. and. If it has Roy Barcroft in it, and or Charles or Charles King, it's good. If it's got both of them in it, holy mackerel, you've scored. Well, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> anything with Charlie King is pure gold. Uh, you know, Sir Galahad. Y- yeah, that yeah. was a great series. So yeah, I have tons of tons of those. Uh, but in my westerns list, I got mostly B westerns. Yeah, because that's what the little woman and I like I to like, watch. I like the Z westerns. Well, the, the below poverty road. We, we yeah, we like to stay a little ahead of the game, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the move, this particular movie that we came across here, let me find the damn thing. Um, you came across. Yeah, I came across it, didn't I? You and Sue. Yeah. Uh, where are you? Oh, there. No. Nope. You look at There you are. You look it up. Yeah. That's cheating, Harry. No, I have to, I have to look it up because I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we came across this movie um, uh, called Yuma. And it stars uh, Clint Walker, Barry Sullivan, and a variety of other uh, cool people. Uh, Edgar Buchanan. How can you leave out Edgar Buchanan? And Morgan Woodward. Your, your hero. My man. Uh, um, got Peter Marks Richmond, who 
German who played a mm. lot of mm-hmm. rap patrols. Yeah. And, so anyway, it, it's. Uh, I thought, well, well, okay. I'd like Clint Walker. Love Clint Walker. Love yeah. to watch. Uh, uh, How could you not like Clint? Exactly. Walker? And you know Barry Sullivan. How can you not like Barry Sullivan? I mean, you know he was Pat yeah. Garrett and, and, and tall, tall man. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, nice, nice crew. And then we start watching, and I'm thinking, this is odd. <laughs> What's odd about it? It was made for TV. Yeah. Okay. That's not There's nothing wrong with that. I was expecting something else. Oh, okay. Obviously. And, and so I made went... Made for radio on the television? It made for radio. Yeah. yeah it's that, thank you. Um, we got, we got to work on one of those. <laughs> made for radio. We need to make... We need to do a, a serial or something. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Yuma came out in 1971, directed by Ted Post. It's an Aaron Spelling production, and I believe Post worked with Spelling on a lot of things. And I, yeah. and when well, I saw the opening, Post was very prolific. Yeah, when I saw the opening credits, I thought, well, okay, Spelling, hmm. And then I saw Ted Post directing. I thought, hmm. All right, yeah, it's going to be a TV movie. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's left out. Um, yes, there was, and yet no, there wasn't. Um, the basis of the movie is uh, Walker plays a, a tough. Uh, a tough marshal sent to uh, clean up a lawless town. That lawless town happens to be old Tucson. That <laughs> <It> still is. <laughs> and it, it's supposed to be Yuma, of course. Yeah. Um, so basically... Well, think the, of all the different places old Tucson has been. Mm-hmm. And it's never moved. It's always been in the same I know. spot. I know. It's kind of like... Uh, well, no, it isn't. But yeah, you're well, right. Well, look at how many different places it was in Gunfight at the OK Corral. That's right. Yeah, It was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's a, this is a made-for-TV movie movie um yeah it was pretty good uh i mean you, you pretty much had it figured out right from the get-go uh, because i guess that's how well, TV, had the tv formula y- yeah, yeah. That, right so uh i i, I enjoyed it we in, we enjoyed it um well you know and, you, and like i said the the saving grace of this movie was its cast and location uh, other than that well you know besides uh, old tucson it was also out at horsehead canyon mm-hmm and but you know you 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 glossed over Bruce Glover, another fine heavy. Yes. You know I, I was trying to get there, and I, I well, just you trying to get to him. I just went right back by his name. He plays Sam King. Yeah, John the, Kerr, uh, Captain White. Yeah. Played a lot of lot of weak sons, nephews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, played good, played good, weak, quivering kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it it was a good movie. They say it's an unsold TV series pilot. Uh, it was. That's a, that was common, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't distract from the fact that you know, if you're making a pilot, you try to make it good because you want to sell it. Speaking of pilots, Todd Roberts sent me a Facebook message a couple of days ago about the discovery of the long lost High Chaparral pilot. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. what? How do I not know about this? Well, I go, I click the link, and it is somebody who has recorded off of their black and white television an episode of High Chaparral. Remember when they were playing? Um, uh, not, I guess they were trying to play polo. Yeah, I worked on that episode. Yeah. Well, it, that's what it is in black and white. And the person who put this up is trying to suggest that this is a long-lost pilot. Victoria is in it, and that Victoria did not appear in the original pilot. Well, actually, she did, because the original pilot was two one-hour episodes, in and that, they showed it as two hours initially. But that very first hour, which is what we oh, saw yeah. on the television when it came out, she was not in that one. Well, let's see again. If if you go back to when it premiered, I understand it premiered twice. As, I, I understand. Full now, you know, subsequently they broke it in, <coughs> into two parts. Right. But if if you went by the premise that any time you have a two part episode and they're not shown together, it's the second one is always the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, the original pilot or something. That's, right. But uh, yeah, that that was a that was probably about the somewhere in the middle. Of the first year when we shot that. Yeah. Well, anyway, that that is not the uh, not the long uh, long lost uh, no. pilot. <laughs> well, did Todd buy that? I don't know. He, he hadn't responded back to me. He's yeah, with the big guy, you know. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna. Have, we don't don't tell the big guy. He'll 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 question his faith in Todd. Hey, know? we got to do our final break here before we okay, come back and wrap up things. Here. 
Uh, do want to tell you about uh, popular history here. It does tell us that women gained the right to vote in 1920 with the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. But if you pick up a copy of Chris Enns' latest book, No Place for a Woman, you're going to learn something new, that women were voting as early as 1870 in the Wyoming Territory. And if you watch an episode of Gunsmoke where uh, Festus and uh, Thad are walking down the street and Thad's telling Festus about that, Festus goes, women vote? Anyway. Now that, that's, like, that's like a rooster in a jug. It is. It's unbelievable. It is. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, ENDS does tell us the stories of three women whose work in lobbying helped usher in a new era for expanding women's rights. Uh, you really have this, or should get this, uh, and make this part of your Western book collection. Get a copy of No Place for a Woman at Amazon.com, at BarnesandNoble.com, or at ChrisEnds.com. And listen for Chris on The Voices of the West. She'll be with us on the 18th of April at 4 p.m. to hear more of the story of No Place for a Woman. And we're also going to do some talks on uh, on the Pinkertons. So. And she is an excellent interviewer. Oh, she is. She uh, so really is. With that, we'll be right back with much more. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. The Tucson Trap and Skeet Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. <laughs> B.O.W. Radio. Sugarfoot. Sugarfoot. That's one they need to bring back on the tube. Yeah, like Sugarfoot. You know, he's a, he does a regular column in Western Clip. Does he really? And it is hilarious. <laughs> there's not a serious bone in his head. <laughs> All right, uh, last remaining moments here of Amel Franzi's Voices of the West. What do you got, Bunker? Well, I want to tell you a little story that relates to Yuma. Uh, Walt LaRue, fine, fine stuntman, top rodeo hand, uh, and world-class cartoonist. Okay. Uh, 
he worked on that, and he was the coach driver. Well, in the movie, when you see the movie, you see the coach turn over there in the street of Tucson. Right. Wasn't supposed to. <laughs> and Walt got banged up a little bit, but, you know, they kept it in there, and that's fine. And so that was a good stunt, too. Yeah, but, you know, and that's, the way, that's just the way it is making movies sometimes. Sometimes the best stuff yeah. is what you didn't expect. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention about this is George Dunning, and this is in honor of Emil, because Emil loved the, the guys who did the music in this, mm -hmm. and Dunning did the, mov the movie music. And one other, I have a piece of dialogue here All right. from the movie. Okay. This is Clint Eastwood talking to the bad guy. He's my prisoner, King. One of us will have to die for him. Isn't that neat? It is. One it of is. us will have to die for him. But I think you meant Clint Walker, not Eastwood. Did I say that? You said that. Well, I didn't. I should have done it like well. this. Rest was. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Next time we get together, we will have uh, Mike Michael Farmer with us, talking about Geronimo, the so, Odyssey of Geronimo. Until then, so Adios. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzik's Voices of the West.